1: No, it's amazing. Jesus was very God, yet he told his disciples that unless he left, he wouldn't be able to do the work that he was wanting to do. And once he did leave, oh, things would get even greater and better still. Now, I know. You sit there and you think, well, how can that be? I mean, God was right here on the planet. No, he still is in spirit form. And apart from being fully man and just one on this planet as spirit... He is in all of us who are His children, and that makes Him vastly more effective in the ministry of the gospel. Welcome to Way of Grace. Pastor Jessica Stan continues our look at the person and work of the Holy Spirit out of John 16, verses 1 through 16. Because I go to my Father is the title of our message. Here's Pastor Jessica Stan with today's broadcast of Way
2: of Grace. You can think you can steal God's glory with all of the tools and assets he gives you to enjoy life, and you're going to say, I don't even know if there's a God. How the heck you got that job? How the heck did you make it through school? How'd you finish that college ed- education? You know you was on the brink of going crazy. You knew you were going to drop out three or four times. Ah, I quit, I quit. The next day you rose up and said, you know, I think I'll try to again. God was helping you. He was helping you. He was keeping your raggedy butt in spite of your rebellion. <laughs> isn't that true? Isn't that true? You have to look back and go, man, the Lord kept me. I love the way the old folks put it. I love it, right? I didn't come a mighty long ways. That's how they put it. And my point is this, we're talking about who? The helper. The helper. And we haven't even unpacked all of the categories of what it means for him to be a helper. I love it though. I love it though. I love it though. He's the helper. He's the helper. He's the one that got us here today. And this is all we have right now is the only reality you and I have. I know you got plans for this evening, but God might thwart those plans. Do you hear what I'm saying? Like, stay with me for a moment. Bear with me for a few more moments. All you have in terms of reality is this moment right now. And let me share something about this moment right now. What you are doing right now as you are sitting under the word of God is you are made to be as close to God as you will ever be on this side of glory. Please hear me right now. There will be no other event in your life. With which you can say you have been brought near to God. Than when you are under the preaching of God's word. Hear me now. except your deathbed. Between here and your deathbed. You're going to go up and down in terms of nearness and farness to God. You are no closer to God than when you are in that book and that book is being opened, and sound teaching and clear teaching and the glory of God is being set forth in your ears. Your ears were made to hear about God. Your eyes were made to see the glory of God in Christ. Your heart was made to perceive the powerful influences of the spirit of God as he teaches you. Are you guys hearing me? God speaking to you and you need to hear him. Because when you go out these doors, you're going to actually be dealing with things for which you might be thankful that you came to church today. You might just be thankful that you heard from God today. I said it on Friday. Uh, There are secular uh, 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 philosophers who have come to understand that mankind does a crazy thing. Do you know what he does? He frequently uh, gathers in clusters of people and sit around and let somebody talk to them as if he knows something. That's what we do. Did y'all know that? We sit, we like some of y'all going to the concert. And at the concert, you're gonna hear some good music. But inevitably, somebody's gonna stand up and start talking to you like they know something. Isn't that right? And y'all gonna go, amen, y'all gonna have church at the concert. <laughs> Tomorrow at school, you're gonna sit around somebody that's gonna talk to you about something that they think they know or assert that they know, and you're gonna accept it as knowledge. What we do is we sit around our teachers. God made us to be taught. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is why the church will never go out of vogue. Will you hear me? The church will never go out of vogue because there will always be sheep who will sit at the master's feet and hear what the master has to say. Even if it's in small clusters all around the world, somebody God's going to raise up to be a teacher. And there are going to be people who want to sit under that teaching so they can hear from God. Because thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. And I need God's word in this dark, crazy world. And with this dark, crazy heart of mine, somebody got to show me the way to God. That's why church operates well when we are about our father's business. He says, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not neither knows him. But you know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Do you see that? Again, verse 17 must be quickly divided in terms of false assumption that what Jesus is saying is that he is the present comforter. And then when he goes, he'll come back as the second comforter. Let's quickly destroy that notion. Christ is the present comforter among them because he's helping them, is he not? He's the one that called them from being fishermen and tax collectors and all that and brought them into the kingdom. He's the one that's been educating them for three and a half years. He is the present, what we call paraclaton. He's the teacher. He's the counselor. But he says, I'm sending you another counselor, Allah la paracleton. One who is like me, but not me. Who is he talking about? The Holy Spirit. And he's not saying that he's going to go from being the second person to the third person. Let's squash that now. Are you hearing me? And yet he says to them, he is with you even presently. So yeah, we're not amazed at that statement. What we understand is as long as Jesus has been anointed by the third person, the Holy Ghost was with the disciples too, weren't they? Was he not? And that's how they were able to stay with him and abide with him and bear up under his teaching because the Holy Ghost was helping them too. But what Christ is saying is when I go back, the comforter that you see that has been poured out on me without measure, you're going to have a turn with him too. He's coming back to be your teacher, your counselor, your guide, your advocate. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So be very careful that you don't buy into the notion of what we call modalism, that there is but one person in the Godhead, the father, then he becomes a son and then he becomes the Holy Ghost. I must, I must warn you against that. Are you hearing me? You will never find the disciples ever confounding the person of Jesus and the person of the Holy Ghost. That Jesus says, I will return to you again, means that the spirit of God will come as his what? His vicar, his representative, his apostle. And therefore, as the spirit of God, he will bring the things of Christ into their life. That's what John 16 is saying. And when you read the book of Acts, the apostles make that very clear. It was in the book of Acts chapter 7, verse 55, when Stephen, by the spirit and power of the Holy Ghost, had spoken to all Israel, and they began to stone him, and the heavens opened up. Where was Jesus? At the right hand of God. Are y'all hearing me? At the right hand of God, looking down on Stephen, ready to call him up. And yet Stephen had the Holy Ghost, didn't he? So either Jesus is up there or Jesus is down here, but we know he was up there. The third person is down here. Now in Acts chapter 9, what happens with Paul as he's trying to tear up the church? Jesus himself in his glory speaks to Paul personally, does he not? Knocks him down, convinces him that he's the Lord, and then he tells Paul to do what? Wait for the Holy Ghost. Ah, See, if Jesus was the Holy Ghost, all he'd have to do was just jump into uh, Paul right there and turn him around. No, he says, wait. And a couple days later, Paul hears the gospel from Ananias, lays hands on him, baptizes him, and the third person comes. Is that right? Paul now has help, just like you and I need help. So I'm just clarifying for you how important it is for you to rightly divide the word of God. Now move with me to our second point, because I actually want to move on uh, to one more point before we shut it down. The comforter will come to you. If I go, the comforter will come to you. Look at chapter 16 verses uh, one through seven briefly. These things have I spoken unto you that you should not be offended. Now this this is the thrust of what I'm saying. The Lord Jesus from chapter 13 to chapter 16 here has been explaining to the disciples the need for them to wait for the spirit of God. Chapter 14, 26, I will send him. Chapter 15, 26, my father will send him in my name. Chapter 16, verse seven, I will send the comforter to you. Now I'm talking to you about it so that you will not be what? Offended. The word offended means when the trials come in about an hour from now, I want you guys to be able to hold up under the trial. And this is what I meant earlier by using the analogy of the coach, the, court, uh, the, the, run, the wideout coach. Throw the ball. The one that obeys the teacher will run. He will hold his hands out and he'll wait for that ball to come. That ball's coming. And when that ball comes and he receives it, he knows now that his instructor was right. And the apostles are about to receive the spirit of God and they'll know. They will remember everything that Jesus is saying, everything. Isn't it amazing how how remarkably wise the apostles get in the book of Acts? I mean, Acts chapter 4 said, and the Jews stood back and they looked at Peter and they said, now we know this knucklehead. He didn't even have a third grade education. Now, this brother speaking with uh, eloquence and clarity and depth of scriptural knowledge, we have concluded that he has been with Jesus. Isn't that right? But what they did not know is that it was the third person who had invaded them at the level of ministry to broaden their capacity to be clear on what Jesus had already taught them and then given boldness and confidence to share it. That is another aside. If you don't get nothing in you, you can get nothing out of you. If you don't get the word in you, it will not come out. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? You can be as emotionally enthusiastic about God all you want. If you don't spend time in God's word, God's word not going in will not be God's word coming out. The Holy Ghost will not just magically put word in you. His job is to draw out the word that's already in. And this is exactly where the apostles are in our text. These things have I spoken unto you that you should not be offended. And what he means ultimately offended means to fall away. They shall put you out of the synagogue. Yea, the time comes when whosoever killeth you will think that he's doing God a favor. Isn't that trouble? And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the father nor me. But these things have I told you that when the time shall come, you may, what's the word? Remember that I told you of them. And these things I said, not unto you at the beginning, because what? I was with you. See, he's concerned as a good shepherd that I'm leaving now. And the trials of your life will not be understood by you until you have another helper to help you work through your issues. Verse five. But now I go my way to him that sent me. There it is. And none of you are asking me whether I go. Because they are already jacked up by his theology. They're already struggling. Jesus didn't said a lot of difficult things. Best thing for me to do is keep my mouth shut. That's a good student, right? Every now and then we just have the student that just raises their hand and asks the crazy, crazy question anyway, right? But as a rule, the best thing to do with truth that's not properly comprehended is to meditate on it. One of the things I, I, I do try to tell my men, I, I'm more generally uh, patient with women that will come up to me right afterwards just because... It's smart to be patient with women. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm helping you brothers out. I'm just helping you brothers out. I'm just helping you brothers out. Uh But what I know is a lot of times when you are listening and something crosses your intellectual uh, assumptions and you are in conflict about it, the first thing you want to do right after the service or the study is run up and talk about it. And that's not the thing to do. The thing to do is to meditate deeply on what you heard and ask God whether or not what I heard was the truth and help me help me see that truth for myself rather than me wrestling with somebody to get them to explain more fully what you're saying. Are you all hearing what I just said? Now, watch this. Watch this. Want, I want to show something with you on that. This is important. This is why Christ didn't explain everything to him, because they would get it when the helper came. And sometimes in your walk with God, you got to wait on the helper, but you don't want to. You want to wrestle that thing out the teacher. Now, if the teacher was meant to give it to you the first time, it would have came when he opened his mouth. (laughs) But if it didn't come when he opened his mouth, maybe God is saying, wait, 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 just wait, just wait a minute. The Holy Ghost is coming. He's your real paraclete. He's your real counselor. First John chapter one, 20, and you have an anointing and you know all things and you need not that any man teach you anything for the same anointing which you have teaches you all things in Christ. Meaning the spirit of God is there to bring you into communion with him so that what is taught by your teacher can be understood in the context of the ultimate teacher that God is giving you sometimes. Am I making sense? Right. I've found that the most developed believers in the faith are the ones who sit and listen very quietly and pray about it and work it through. I'm just letting you know now. Because what I do discover is that it can happen with any of us, and if you're not careful, you will make your pastor, make your teachers the paraclete. You will make them the ones that have to explain everything to you. Now, like I told you, If they've done a good job in expository development of the text, it's on you to go to God, to ask God to broaden your capacity to comprehend what he said. But see, if you're not humble, you won't do that. If you're impatient, you won't do that. But patience is essential in relationship, is it not? And it's essential in maturity. It's essential in development. In school, you got to do it. You can't bum rush your teacher after every class just because it went over your head. You got to take that textbook home and read it and scratch your head and toil and get online and call your girlfriend and your boyfriend and labor to get it. Because your teacher is not going to always explain everything to you after class. I know it hurt, but it's important. Because one of the things I'm doing as I'm talking to you about the helper is making sure that you don't usurp the helper's help by going to somebody else for help. When God sent you the ultimate helper to help you. I know I said that a lot of times, but I just want to make sure you get that. So the comforter will come to you. Three clear subpoints: He's another near teacher. That's what we're saying. This time he's another permanent teacher. That's what Jesus said. This is how we know the distinction. Jesus came for a while and he went back to the father. The Holy Ghost is your teacher forever, forever. I mean, on this side of glory. I mean, when you land on your deathbed. I mean, when you rise again in the resurrection. I mean, when you are perfectly and totally glorified together with him. I mean, in the eons of eons of eons of eternity future, when you're in glory and God has recreated a new heavens and a new earth, will you hear me now? The Holy Ghost will always be with you for all eternity. Lord, help them to get this because you and I have so many things to comprehend and understand about what God has prepared for them that love him, that it's going to take God to have to show you that. And he can't even show you all that until you're glorified. Because these human bodies that we have could never capacitate what God has prepared for them that love him out in the future eternity without God making us new creatures in total. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? That if you and I are going to fully enjoy eternity future... It's not only going to be because we have been fully glorified in our bodies, but we have been joined to God in the person of the Spirit, permanently joined to the teacher, so he can take us to the next level of learning and education and knowing about the things that are way out there in eternity for us. Hallelujah. What a concept. What a concept. What a concept. And all that is to be said, I got five minutes, all of that is to be said because... You and I need to really take heed to this fact. Christ went to the father. He repeatedly said it in order to send the comforter. Here's what he said. You guys heard it. This is what he said. I'm going to get ready to wind it down here. He says in verse seven, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. You got it? It is expedient for you that I go away. If I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. So stop right there. Now, all of the labor I have engaged in in trying to briefly give you an introduction into the role of the apostolic mission of the third person, it's been good, hasn't it? Yeah. And we, we haven't even scratched the surface. We haven't penetrated into the depths of his offices. We haven't penetrated into the depths of his function or the depths of the gifts that he gives us or the depths of his mission as the seal and anointing of the people of God. We haven't done that. That's four and five, six studies down the line. But I hope today what you have gathered is this, just as we can't play games with the father, nor with the son whom he sent, nor do we want to play games with the spirit whom he sent as well. And, and if anything, I want you to think about your, your past previous walk and how much of it has been done in the flesh and how sinful it is and how unproductive it is and how, how unwise you have been and how carnal you have been. And I want you to get it. Here's the reason why you haven't appreciated the third person. OK, you haven't appreciated him. I'm not saying you're not saved. I don't know if you're saved. It's not even about salvation. This is about communion and fellowship and having a helper that can raise the level of your walk with God that you and I need. I don't know if you agree with me, but I could do better in my walk with God. I could think better. I could talk better. I could act better. I could live better. I could meditate more fully. I can give people better counsel, I can give people better advice, I can be a better witness for God's glory. If God graces me to take him a lot more seriously. I'm so thankful for the second person. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for him who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm glad he assumed a human nature. I'm glad that the work is done. I'm glad that the atonement is accomplished. I'm glad that I'm justified freely by his grace through the redemption that's in Christ. Jesus. Are you? I'm glad that Jesus Christ is my righteousness, my redemption, my sanctification, and my glory. I'm glad that the Father sees me as perfect in Jesus. Are you? I'm just getting glad about faith, faith in Christ right now. I love the fact that I'm justified. I love the fact that God has made me a new creature in Christ. I love the fact that the... The work he began, he will finish. I love the fact that faithful is he who has begun that work, he will also do. I love the fact that God can't lie, can't change or fail. I love the fact that if he set his love on you, he ain't going to take it back. I love that fact. I love the fact that I have a covenant with God ordered in all things and sure. I love the fact that He has forgiven my sins and cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. I love the fact that God will remember my sins no more. I love the fact that He pities me like a child and He loves me like a father and He's never dealt with me according to my iniquities. I love the fact that He is a God of grace, a God of mercy. a God of kindness, a God of blessing. I love that fact. Jesus is all the world to me. Jesus is all the world to me. If it wouldn't have, if it wouldn't have been for the Lord Jesus Christ, you and I wouldn't have a standing with God at all. Now, some of the people that were standing and enjoying what I'm talking about actually are exhibiting just in the context of worship what Christ meant when he said, And he will take the things of mine and he will show them to you and he will glorify me to you and in you and through you, to you, in you and through you. The key is us seeing the glory, the glory of God in the person of Christ. And that's the job of the Holy Ghost to shine in your heart the light. So you see his splendor, beauty and glory and that glory impact you, impact you, make you a people to the praise of the glory of his grace. When you don't have a problem talking about how Jesus is the greatest name I ever heard. No other name like the name of Jesus Christ.
1: Studying God's Word that we might show ourselves approved, that we might come to a deeper love and understanding of God's amazing love for us in Jesus Christ. This has been Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. We are always delighted and grateful that you take a few moments to spend with us, that we might, again, study to show ourselves approved. And as we leave you today, we would also leave you with an invitation to join us for worship in person. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Pastor Jessica Stand and Grace Bible Church of Hayward, please consider this a formal invitation to spend Sundays with us. 11 a.m. is the worship service, 10 a.m. if you would like to join us for Sunday school. And don't forget, Friday evenings at 8 p.m. we have enjoyed a marvelous time of studying God's Word with brothers and sisters in Christ from a variety of churches all over the Bay Area. That's at 8 p.m. Friday evenings. For directions and more information, simply stop by our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Or give us a call, 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're looking for a copy of today's program, you can either contact us by phone or mail, send $5 and we'll get a CD out to you, or stop by grace Bible.com and download the audio file for free. The address if you're writing to us is 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. 94541 is our zip code. And one final note, as we conclude our time together today, we're able to come to you daily here on KFAX because of friendships and partnerships with people such as you who see the value of this ministry. Now, while it is free to listen to, for us, there is a cost. And we are a listener-supported ministry. No matter the size of your gift, it's greatly appreciated. So would you take a moment and pray about it and then contact us with your gift today? 510-886-9782 is our phone number. Or write to us, 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. Thank you so much. spending time with us today. Until next time, God bless.